0: Grab my thinking stick. You have a thinking stick? Your oh, golf club. club? Yeah, my golf oh, club. Yeah. Okay, all right. Hang <laughs> <on. Yeah. laughs> That's a thinking stick. My wizard staff. You should hold that when you edit these, and just refer to that as your production staff. And we can <laughs> cite it on everything. Like, <laughs> thanks to our production staff. <laughs> no one will expect this. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I think. I'm going to start getting people together for hikes more often. Yeah. Just because I was thinking the other day about, um, actually, I think I mentioned this to you. Like I was on, I was in the woods by myself and thinking about how I used to get groups of people together. And like, I had like a core friend group that without really even planning all that much, we would go into the woods and just, just spend a day like walking around, like not even necessarily hiking a mountain, but just like, let's go explore some trails or even without any, any purpose or any destination yeah but it would just happen because it was something that we did because we all grew up in a small town and Mm. as people started moving away it became like less and less common for that to happen yeah and that's when I started booking more shows and and hosting more shows and and playing more music out and my social life became so much more that than spending time in the woods and doing small town stuff with friends and you know again also they're moving away so there were less people to do it with and so I was thinking like why don't I go hiking with people anymore like I still go into the woods a lot by myself but it's not a social thing anymore and I kind of miss that Mm. and I go oh of course I haven't been putting energy into it Yeah, like I haven't done my part why should it be reciprocated to me like why should anyone show that kind of interest in Mm. socializing with me in that specific way yeah so immediately i just sent a text to a friend i was like you want to go check out this trail in a couple weeks and it's like, yeah and so we did Nice. And it's that easy so i think i'm gonna <laughs> <laughs> music isn't as much of my social life anymore so i think i'm gonna try to replace the way that it once was with more nature walks and stuff like that dude
0: i'll hike with you anytime i don't do that shit enough yeah you want to be a mountaineer don't you
1: yeah yeah <laughs> so i gotta start <laughs> Somewhere. <laughs> I have no idea where. So <laughs> start with hiking. Yeah. Did you say that you had hiked a, a full mountain already, or at one point you said you hadn't at all? Just like Madad and shit. Like I've never
0: okay, yeah. done like like I really want to do Mount Washington. Yeah, that's that a big one. Just cool. Like it I don't know, it seems like a, a good winter one. But
1: yeah, <sighs> nothing beyond like Madad and Mount Tom. I don't know, Washington in the winter. I've driven up it in the summer and just like the, the temperature difference during the summer alone from the base to the summit is extreme. <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: I've heard you definitely got to time it right. I and mean, You definitely got to yeah. like keep an eye on what the conditions are going to be at the top mm-hmm. when you're at the bottom. Yeah. But I saw some videos of people doing it and it's like, it looks like it's pretty, as long as you get that right, it looks like it's pretty okay. Huh. You don't have to rope up or anything. You just kind of make sure that you're not going to get caught in like a crazy squall. Yeah. So, I'm um, I'm not saying it's something I'm going to do just <laughs> alone or on tomorrow a tomorrow or <laughs> yeah, but, <laughs> but I was thinking like, yeah, this might actually be an all right situation if I can get with people that like know what the fuck
1: they're looking for cuz I certainly won't. Mm-hmm. Um then yeah, maybe. People have told me many times that if they were lost in the woods, they'd want me to be the one with them. It'd be entertaining, dude. We'd have if we were lost, like <laughs> yeah, I could see that. But depending on the woods, you know, yeah, like I've always kind of like I appreciate the compliment, but yeah. I'm not a forester. <laughs> like <laughs> I have really good navigational skills, mm. but I'm not like a Boy Scout, you know? Yeah. Like I just I like being in nature, but I, that doesn't mean that I have any kind of dominance over it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I really, really don't. <laughs> <laughs> you present a little bit like a forester, though. I yeah, I've been told this. <laughs> yeah, so I could see how somebody would at least be comforted by that. I think when I'm in nature, my attention isn't divided that mm. much. Like I've been on a lot of walks with people who when they're when they're out in the woods, they immediately like get on their phone and they wanna check the GPS and know exactly where they are and Yeah. And I've never been one to pay attention to that. Like yeah. honestly, my whole MO has always been I like to get a little bit lost. Yeah. And then use use my navigational whatever to to find my way out. And then the next time I'm there, I know that wood that piece of wood's way better. Well, that's my favorite thing. Yeah, I think what people pick up on, especially like when we're in nature, is that like I feel natural in that setting because mm. I've always like allowed myself to be immersed in that setting. Yeah. Instead of like you know using the aid of a GPS or anything like so that I know I'd find my way out. Like, I'm always very willing to take a small risk of getting lost for potentially <laughs> way too long. <laughs> <laughs> I've definitely been out in the woods in the dark before. Yeah, but, um, That's but, you fun, know, too. That's fun, yeah. yeah. We should go into, like, a night hike. I love night hikes.
0: That's, like, it's always kind of uh, been a hard sell for people. I know. Because I always explain, like, what do you... In this area, like I could see, pla- like definitely there are places where that would be a scarier proposition. But it yeah. was like in this area, what are you afraid of? And I'm not denying that, like I feel the fear too. But when you really think about it, there's coyotes, turkeys, sometimes maybe bears, but rarely. Rarely, yeah. Maybe a, that freaking cougar or whatever was up in my tree, or oh, not a cougar, um, bobcat. Bobcat, yeah. And that thing just was was fine. You know, most of the animals are, as long as you're taller than them, they're not going to mess with you. Yeah. So you might get startled, but you're not, it's not like, you know, mountain lions going to stalk you the whole time or something. So Mm -hmm. really it's down to just creepy people.
1: And especially if you're in a group. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. If you're alone, maybe a bear is is an issue. But I remember this one, uh, New Year's Eve, I don't know how long ago it was, but we were out in Western Mass. And the plan was to, at midnight, go hike a a foothill that, like, led up to this big chasm, right? This big gorge. Yeah. And the view from that gorge was amazing. And there was also, like, you know, in winter when there's a decent amount of snow on the ground and decent moonlight, you can see really well. Hmm. It might have been a little bit overcast, but, like, there was enough snow on the ground that it was illuminated. And, you know, you have your footprints in the snow you can find your way back fairly easily no matter what and there were these there were these kids like kind of very trepidatious about the whole thing very like didn't want to go in the woods at night you know without like enough flashlights and headlamps and like all the preparedness and don't get me wrong you should be prepared <laughs> yeah to go into the woods <laughs> at night yeah. but you know it was a group of maybe seven eight nine people up, yeah. up to ten people like we weren't going to get lost. Like the biggest threat was somebody who might've been too drunk and fallen off the cliff. Yeah. But I don't know. That could have happened. It didn't <laughs> happen. <laughs> I don't want to say that we took proper precautions against that because yeah. we probably didn't. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, I just, I just remember going like, what the hell is the big deal? Like you're with a bunch of other people, so yeah. many footprints. It's pretty, the visibility is pretty great out here right now. Like, yeah. there's almost no risk of getting lost we have a, like a, a someone who lives right here that knows the way up the hill leading the way so what are we worried about and i've i've always kind of been of that mindset like i never want to be over prepared yeah. when going into the woods anyway okay so long way to say i think that's what people get pick up on mm-hmm. i think people pick up on not that i'm like a boy scout type or a, or a forester or a ranger type or anything like that but that i'm comfortable being in nature and being in those settings without having to be over-prepared.
0: Yeah. That goes a long way. There's a confidence associated with that. Yeah. I've seen you build a fire.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Not with like sticks, like rubbing sticks together, but I mean, I've seen the structure that you build for a fire and that would also instill confidence in me if
1: we were in a wooded situation. And we had paper and a lighter. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, I, see, but the way
0: you built it, I would just assume that like if this lighter dies... He's gonna be able to do this with the sun or You're you're wrong. You'd be wrong about that. <laughs> I would feel that confidence <laughs> and that was all that would matter until we were lost.
1: Uh, someday though, that wouldn't take that hard. Or like you can just take those you can like take those magnesium things with you into the oh, woods yeah. that just start a fire instantly.
0: I wonder next fire we do, I wonder if we could start it without a lighter. I bet we could. Like we should put our heads together and say, like next time we have a fire together, we're gonna we're not gonna use a lighter and we're gonna somehow get this thing going. Because it's possible, you know. Like, there's no real reason we shouldn't have to be able start to start this it. <laughs>
1: fire at like two p.m. Yeah, <laughs> give ourselves plenty of time.
0: <laughs> it'd be a fun, it'd be fun content potentially. I don't know how it's gonna go. So, <laughs> how are you on well,
1: foraging? Um, berries and for, stuff. For what berries? Yeah. Uh decent.
0: All right. Because so that's mean, what
1: separates the men from the boys. With the Knowing what to eat, I mean berries are easy. If it looks like a blueberry but isn't on a blueberry bush, don't eat it. (laughs) Every other berry, you know, doesn't really have a doppelganger in the wild. So, Mm. I mean, I guess some berries do, but foraging for greens is tough, though. Mm. So many things look alike. Like I can pick out dandelion greens, and I think everyone can. But yeah, that might be it. Maybe chives, green onions, which you don't really find in the wild too often. But yeah. So we we would eat not that much when we're last in the woods here.
0: <laughs> we might get cold, but uh, you know. <laughs> How have you lived this long without trail mix? Well, I eat it just uh, without nuts, so it's. What's in it instead of nuts? Like granola and shit. Oh
1: berries, okay. Okay. I've raisins. been making really good granola lately. Yeah. I started making granola from scratch. Oh. Which okay. I've always wondered why is granola so expensive when you buy like the good stuff. Yeah. It's because it's really expensive to me. <laughs> <laughs> What's in it? Like oats and stuff? Yeah. I mean it's it's oats. Um, but what what drives the price up isn't the isn't just the oats, which are hard to find in bulk. At least I had a hard time finding them in bulk. But it wasn't just the oats. It was uh, you know, the sweetener and the oil and like maple syrup like the good stuff oh, is yeah. not cheap at all and you can use that or honey which isn't cheap either yeah. or agave which is probably the cheapest of those three but doesn't hit the spot quite like maple syrup does yeah. and you know so it's like if you use good ingredients in, in granola it's mm. really expensive huh. but anyway yeah so it's 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 oats honey or maple syrup or some kind of sweet liquid sweetener and then a liquid oil and then whatever else you want to throw into it. So, like, I've been using flax seeds, pumpkin seeds, I forget what other kind of seeds, some mixed berry, like some dried berries. And, like, you can throw whatever you want in there, really. It's, kind of, it's a miracle food. Yeah, it's, it's a great. Chex mix.
0: Yeah. Pete and I were talking about making homemade Chex mix again. Our mom makes that. Okay. That's where I guess I've been going there instead of trail mix, but, like, just mixes in general. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. but... That's good with, like, some spice
1: and shit. Yeah, that's happening. Oh, so. yeah. Oh, yeah. Worcestershire sauce. I've been crushing sauces lately. <laughs> Just really taking my sauce game more seriously. And it's, <laughs> it is paying off. It is paying off huge. I was re-watching The Sopranos earlier in the fall. Oh, hell yeah. And uh, <laughs> That'll do it. I was like i've I've always made a pretty decent red sauce, like just like a garlic and herb red sauce occasionally. Mm-hmm. occasionally it ends up being a meat sauce. sometimes it doesn't. like I do a lot of different variations, but I like to I don't do any cooking that is like fundamentally traditional. Mm. And over the last few years, I've made a concerted effort to learn more of like the traditional foundations for certain dishes. Yeah. And then once you know those first few steps that make it traditional, then that's where you can start improvising, and that's how a lot of, you know, experienced cooks do things. Mm-hmm. So, I'm watching The Sopranos, I'm going like, I don't think I've ever really looked up all the differences between sauces and everything. Like it's it's been explained to me, and it's been, like I've come across that information in passing. Yeah. But how do you make a traditional bolognese? Mm what makes it a bolognese is what you start with as as your base and it's a saute base right mm-hmm. so you're starting out with onions and carrots and celery yeah sauteing that in fat and creating a like a vegetable fond that you then use to make into your sauce um mm-hmm. by adding cream or tomato paste or both um and then you can add you know, more meat to that if you want, but you can make a vegetable one. So basically I'm just like, okay, starting off with that saute base, where can I go from there? So I've been experimenting with that a lot Mm. and just kind of based on that method, trying out different kinds of sauces with other bases. Yeah. um, With it, like starting out with other vegetables and stuff. Mm -hmm. And I'm making great strides. To the point where, like, I always thought that I was good at making sauces. I don't think I actually ever was until recently. (laughs) (laughs) I can always make a serviceable sauce, but (laughs) really growing into it now.
0: Nice. It's great. That's a lifelong skill. Yeah. Do you think we could ever do, like, a Hot Ones thing for
1: this? (laughs) Yeah. I
0: think about that. Like, could we ever do an episode of this thing with, like, sort of taking from that model with sauces? What's your spice threshold? It, it can go pretty high. Yeah. I, it's one of those things. It's like I'll start showing it really early. Like I'll stop yeah. enjoying it pretty quickly, but I'll, I can go for a while. <laughs> and for some yeah. reason, I, I do want to oftentimes. Like I like spicy food. It's just like I'm not immune to it by any means. I start hiccuping quick,
1: <laughs> like from nothing. I've just always been like it's it's at a point where it's not painful to eat. Mm-hmm. Like, well below that threshold, I start hiccuping. And I don't know. It's just a biological response, you know? Yeah. That's kind of like whenever the seeds are there, you know? And that's yeah. why a lot of the time I, I will, I'll scrape seeds out of, of hot peppers if I cook with them.
0: Because
1: mm. I'm just like, I know that I can handle the spice of the seeds, but I yeah. also know that, like, there's a 50 50 chance, maybe higher than that, that if I include them, I'll just be hiccuping all through this meal. <laughs> And it'll be very unpleasant. What if we ate them and we just didn't tell our guest and
0: didn't have them eat them? So it's just like we're sweating profusely and hiccuping. And like, so like a reverse hot one, not a reverse hot ones, but... But like the guest is just like, what the hell is wrong with these two guys? And like, we're just like, oh God, and just like drooling and sweating and drinking so much water and like milk. And, and they're just Dude, sitting
1: there fine. I had a friend in college who collected hot sauces. Oh. He was a psychopath. I don't know why. I don't know why he started. I think he was like just a sadist. (laughs) These are the kinds of hot sauces that the way you experience them is either like you put a very small drop, very small drop into a large pot of sauce, right? That's how it would be eaten. Yeah. But the way that we experienced it was take this toothpick, dip the tip of the toothpick into the bottle Mm. and then touch the toothpick to your tongue and then just ride it out. <laughs> and you 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 cry, and you writhe, and you scream, and then the sweet, sweet endorphins kick in, and then you're just high for like an hour. <laughs> I don't know why he started collecting these hot sauces to begin with, but I think I only ever tried one of them, too. But, yeah, it was intense. Mm. And that'll make me hiccup for days. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we should try it. Yeah, we should do that to ourselves, basically just drug ourselves at the beginning of each interview. Yeah. And then I'll just like, here, I made some homemade salsa. Just very mild. (laughs) 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 And then the guests, that'll work, because the guests will think that we're weak. Yeah. And then they'll open up to us more, because they'll feel like they have the upper hand. Yeah, this is actually a kindness that we're doing them. Or we're just manipulating the conversation big time. <laughs> we could even weave all these ideas
0: together and just be weeping and sobbing, trying to start a fire with sticks <laughs> while the guest <laughs> sits patiently for four or five hours. Hell yeah. We can get a whole new premise here, man. <laughs> Season four. <laughs>